Welcome to Econoday Unplugged. Today is Tuesday, May 15th. With me are Mark Pender in the U.S. and Jeremy Hawkins in London. I am Ann Picker, Econoday's Chief Economist. Mark, last week there was hardly any new economic data, and this week you are experiencing the deluge. Talk about retail sales at least today. Okay. <laughs> Well, we had a 0.3% rise in retail sales, which is a very moderate result. Um, it really wasn't skewed by anything. Usually there's uh, you know, offsetting factors, but when you exclude uh, two very volatile uh, pieces, uh, uh, gasoline, which rose during the month um, on higher prices, and autos, which managed to almost to actually just barely exceed March's uh, uh, bounce back. That probably is the biggest plus in the report. It's only a 0.1% gain for vehicles. But it came out uh, to, um, like I say, a modest to moderate result. Uh, will it change the Federal Reserve's assessment of the consumer spending? This is the first result for second quarter consumer spending. Retail sales makes up about a third of, of all retail spending. So you're talking about uh, the very first shot out of the can in here for the second quarter. Not Terribly terrific, not terribly great. Uh, if you like, I said, if you exclude gasoline and um, and vehicles, you get a zero point three percent result again. Um, and like I said, the results are pretty uh, modest and moderate across the board. Uh, so, we, and and the FOMC's assessment at the beginning of the month. Uh, they said that consumer spending was moderating. And of course, that was in reference to the first quarter consumer spending and GDP, which did moderate significantly. We had a little bit of an upward revision to March and February retail sales in this report, which will help uh, boost the second estimate for first quarter GDP. But, but that's going to be offset by inventory data from March, which came out today and which will cut back the inventory contribution. So uh, it's not it's kind of a wash for uh, first quarter GDP, and for the second quarter, it's looking probably a little bit in line. But like, I, I I'm not so sure that the Federal Reserve would reverse its assessment based on this report alone that consumer spending is moderating. Uh, and uh, and we also had the housing market index today to continue with the economic data, and that was a little bit. Uh, it's always very solid. Home builders are in a very sweet spot in the economy, and so they've been very very optimistic. So, so what you get are you have to uh, assess the change in their levels of 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 uh, in strength of optimism, and it did uh, it did improve, uh, and it. It did show gains for uh, current sales, which is a positive for new home sales reports. Uh, but uh, traffic is still depressed. Uh, it's not. It's still growing a little bit, which is which is good. But it's uh, it, it has been held down this whole uh, expansion, and it really uh, uh, is the result of a lack of uh, strong interest from first time buyers. And of course, that also is a consumer related, household related uh, uh, set of indicators. Uh, housing data. We're going to get housing starts and permits tomorrow. Um, they're expected to come back a little bit, but they uh, shot higher. Uh, in the prior report, again, and this, uh, again, uh, underlines the strength of the new home market uh, and where prices, you know, uh, if, if, if there's any kind of a problem in this economy, will we look back and we'll say, hey, you know, there was really a, a, a housing bubble. Um, maybe. I mean, certainly home prices have been rising. They're not they're in the high single digits right now, uh, but they're not 
escalating, accelerating beyond uh, comprehension. <laughs> Although I guess some uh, uh, spots in the West Coast are, especially Portland and including Seattle. Uh, these are very, very strong rates, but these are isolated. Uh, so it doesn't seem like, but that, you know, when, whenever there's a, a, an economic catastrophe, and I don't want to uh, talk about such things, but you always, you know, it, it always seems to be invisible at the time. So uh, I, I think that there is the risk a little bit in the housing market. We'll see that tomorrow. We'll see how much permits uh, uh, are, are, uh, are improving or are, are accelerating, uh, and if they uh, extend that. Um, and other than that, we have tariffs, you know, tariff uh, impacts on the economic data. We may see that tomorrow uh, with industrial production uh, uh, and, and its effects. We had the Empire State Report this morning, which was a very interesting report. This report showed an enormous collapse uh, in, uh, in confidence among its samples, which is roughly 100 manufacturers in the New York State area. Um, and the, obviously, the tariff effects rattled them, and this was uh, an enormous collapse uh, from a, like a, a 44 reading to an 18 reading on general confidence. That has now uh, uh, retraced half of that decline, which is a very – if you're a doctor with a patient and they come in like that and you see this improvement, you say, well, that's a really good improvement. But they're still far behind from where they were uh, in March before the um, tariffs were announced. So this is a uh, this uh, is something that's playing out in the economic data. How significant it will be, we don't know. Uh, it's certainly on the fringe, and it's certainly in uh, comments, uh, respondent comments to these different samples. Thanks, Mark. Uh, speaking of data, uh, earlier today, China released two of its most important reports, namely industrial production and uh, retail sales. Uh, the data were mixed. Uh, output was improving in April while retail sales eased. Industrial production rebounded with an increase of 7.0% on the year, up from 6.0% in March. The increase was broad-based across sectors, industries, and products. The manufacturing sector picked up from 6.6% on the year in March to 7.4% in April, the strongest growth since last September. It reflected improved output in just about every sector. The other major release was for retail sales, which improved which did not improve, I should say, in April. Rather, they were up only 9.4% on the year, down from 10.1% in March. The weaker growth reflected offsetting moves among the major categories. Auto sales rose 3.5% on the year, unchanged from March. Both urban and rural sales retreated. Urban retail sales showed slowed from 9.9% in March to 9.2% in April, while retail, re, rural retail sales growth fell from 10.9% to 10.6%. Jeremy, I guess you have a postmortem on the Bank of England announcement, apart from looking forward to the first test against Pakistan on Thursday. 
been a cricket fan, of course, uh, Pakistan, very much in the view moment. But yes, sticking with what we're supposed to be talking about, um, Bank of England last week was quite interesting. Um, now, the dull part was the fact we got no change in interest rates. So bank rate remains at 0.5% or quantitative easing. And indeed, the Monetary Policy Committee also repeated March's 7-2 majority vote for no change with McCafferty and Saunders, the two main hawks again calling for an immediate tightening. Additionally, they didn't alter their forward guidance, which essentially means that we're still operating with a tightening bias. But within that, any increase in rates is expected to be only gradual and limited. But what they did change, and this potentially is significant for the rest of the year, um, was their view of a UK economy. And that was highlighted in the new quarterly inflation report. And that showed both weaker growth this year. In fact, they've revised down their forecast for UK GDP growth from 1.8% to just 1.4%. And potentially more importantly, they've also reduced their inflation profile as well. So that really means that from where we stood, certainly, let's say a month ago, any Anyway, when anyone, pretty well everyone was expecting interest rates to, to go up in May, it means that there's much less pressure on the bank to do anything. And indeed, if we take the view that you know the bank likes to move on the back of a, an updated quarterly inflation report, well, we're not going to get the next one of those for another three months. So it probably means that UK bank rate is going to be at 0.5% uh, at least through to August time. And unless we see some improvement in the real economy over that period, quite likely even beyond that as well. So it does mean that you know, some of the interest rate expectation support that the pound had been enjoying in the run up to the May meeting, uh, that's now largely dissipated. And with the ongoing Brexit concerns, it really keeps open the door to at least potentially a weaker level of sterling as we go forward. Um, and again, I suppose contrasting to some extent with what Mark was talking about stateside, um, we had today the, the flash first quarter GDP estimate for the Eurozone. Now, this is the updated preliminary flash report, which they um, released a, a couple of weeks ago. There are no big surprises in it in as much is it just confirmed the originally estimated 0.4% quarterly increase in GDP. So that's a 1.6% um, seasonally adjusted annualized rate to put it into US terms. Um, and that's down from 0.7% quarter on quarter or an annualized rate, what, 2.8%. So growth has clearly slowed quite sharply, but we already knew that. But what was interesting today's report, which really, it still doesn't give you any GDP components, but it does provide a geographical breakdown. And I think the takeaway from that was that if we look where the growth was being generated, um, well, it certainly wasn't coming out of the big boys. Um, in terms of France, Germany and Italy, they all clocked just a 0.3% quarter on quarter rate. So below the Eurozone average, which really means that it's for smaller countries which we're having to do the work. Now, clearly, unless that's going to change as we go forward, then we're going to see you know, potentially undershooting Eurozone growth over the rest of this year. And this, as we talked about on so many times in the past now, is not what the ECB wants to see when it's trying to get its inflation numbers back up again. So it's still very much the case at the moment that you know, Eurozone growth is a big question mark over it. It may just be, you know, given the noise we get, statistical noise in the data, that the first quarter is an aberration. But if we don't see some improvement this quarter, and bear in mind that the PMI surveys weren't particularly optimistic, then I think you know, the chances of uh, the quantitative easing program being ended in September, as many on the, uh, the ECB would like to see, well, that's going to go out the window. So still very much the case of, you know, watch and see what happens in terms of monetary policy over here. But in contrast to the states, it doesn't look as if interest rates can go up anytime soon.
Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Mark. Until next week.